Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Amen. He is the God of revival. And how do we know that to be true? It's because today we celebrate the resurrected Jesus. Our God came up out of that grave, Jesus and all his power, so that you and I could be revived. We could be resurrected. Old things can be brought back to life. We always have hope for a new beginning, a fresh start because of the resurrection. And that's what we're celebrating today. So happy Resurrection Day, everybody. We are blessed to be with you today. Thank you for having us in your homes, everybody online, and not just here in the area, but around the world. And we are blessed to be with you this morning. Hey, we have much to be grateful for, much to be thankful for, and we celebrate a resurrected Savior. Now, I want to get in some announcements in just a moment. But before I do, I, I know there's a, a lot of families, a lot of kids super excited. Hopefully, you spent some time with the virtual egg hunt, looking at those pictures, carefully counting them over, counting the eggs out. Maybe you, you got a chance to get your fingers on the screen and widen it. I don't know what that looks. Zoom in a little bit to make sure you get them all. But I want to let you know the final count right now in our virtual egg hunt on the pictures of the pastors and their families, there was a total of 41 eggs hidden, hopefully in plain sight, 41 eggs. We hope that's the number you came up with. If not, go back and see what you can find. And let's see what each pastor's family, how many they had. But we just wanted to make something a little fun for you. So thanks for joining us with that, families. But that's just part of it, because when we're done with this portion of the service, then all of you can go. And we want all of you to go to the Easter Jam link. You'll see that uh, on the screen at some point here at the end and in our comments. And then you'll have a great moment of family time. Again, continue to celebrate the resurrected Savior. Uh, Listen, we... We need to make sure we take this opportunity this day, especially in this time. I mean, let's not lose sight of the the moment in time we are in this world. With the challenges that we're facing, we need to be reminded of a resurrected Savior. The the power that comes uh, through a resurrected Jesus, the Bible says, it's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead that dwells in you and I. So we all have that all those that have a relationship with Christ uh, have access to the resurrection power to bring things back to life in our lives. And if there ever was a time again, looking at my life or lives around about us that we need things brought back to life, hope, dreams, uh, perhaps physically, financially, maybe our faith, uh, maybe our family relationships resurrected. Uh, I think it would be now, today. So we can, we can uh, trust in God and uh, we can tap into who he is in our lives. And uh, we want to get on with the word. Uh, but before we do that, I want to remind you of a few things. Um, I want you to know that your church is at work the church around the world globally, your Tree of Life Church. And we can do it because of your generosity. And so there's a lot of opportunity for you to be a blessing. Uh, you saw uh, through Tree TV all the ways that you can be blessed and be a blessing. I just want to remind you of a few. We are really excited uh, because of your generosity to partner with the Family Life Center and the San Antonio Food Bank, uh, the New Braunfels Food Bank and San Antonio Food Bank, and bringing a mega, they're calling it a mega distribution um, there's, there's family in needs all the time, but this time that we're in has especially put uh, a lot of pressure, a lot of stress and strain on people's finances, and a lot of people's jobs have changed, their income level has changed, and there's a greater need now than at any other time, perhaps. And so a lot of people are responding. You're responding with your generosity, and we're partnering with other organizations to use our campus, our 54 acres here in I-35, to be a part of a mega food distribution where there could be 600, they're telling us 600 up to 900 families uh, coming to get food uh, during a particular day, uh, Thursday of next week. And so we're honored, blessed to partner with them to do that. Um, also want to let you know that we're going to be getting a hospital food distribution, or in other words, uh, one day one day a week for several weeks, for a while, for the foreseeable future, that Tree Life, because of your generosity, we're going to be providing a meal, a lunch or a meal 
for all our frontline workers during this health crisis. Uh, we're going to be working with one of the local hospitals and providing uh, one meal a week to be able to cover all those that are serving in that in whatever capacity there on the front lines in our hospital. Uh, what a blessing that is. And again, thank you for your generosity. And I want to let you know that we're also our sister church in Leon, Guanajuato, Mexico, Arbol de Vida. Um, also, every, everybody around the world is walking through it. It looks differently in different countries. We're blessed to be in America. And so not everybody has all the opportunity that we have, all the resources available to them, whether it be uh, government intervention or just you know, things that are readily re- accessible to you and I. So our sister church in Arbol de Vida in Leon, Guanajuato, Mexico is doing everything they can to be a blessing in their community. Uh, their church is hard hit as that area is. And so a lot of people um, they don't have any resources and they're going without work and therefore without resources, food, money, etc. And so we're gonna do the, what we can the best we can to be a blessing with them and help them be a blessing to not only their church, but the people in that area, to be a tree alive to a lost and hurting world, to be a tree alive to Leon, Guanajuato, Mexico. So a couple other things have come up with them. Uh, an orphanage has contacted them that has 26 kids that are needing some food, needing some help, and two rehab centers, which are focused on teenagers. One is a rehab center for teenage boys. One's a rehab center for teenage girls. And they've also contacted Audible de Vida uh, just for some help. And so we're going to partner with Audible de Vida because of your generosity and see what we can do to be a blessing, uh, especially during this time. And I just want to let you know that if you are um, feeling led or if you have the opportunity or ability to be a blessing above and beyond your needs, above and beyond your tithe, then you can do that through your giving. In fact, if you'll go on our website and you can see a drop-down menu that will uh, say specifically disaster relief COVID-19. And if you want to give directly or um, specifically for some of the things that we're going to be investing in because of the COVID-19 pandemic, then you can give uh, in that capacity. Uh, So uh, if you're part of the church or not part of the church, you can go there and be a blessing. But I want to encourage you to know that, you know, when you give to this church, that we steward our finances in a way that not only are the needs met here, we can be a blessing beyond that. And so we thank you for all that you're doing for the kingdom of God. And as always, you can get online regularly every day, morning, afternoon, and night to get a word of encouragement. And I, I want to encourage you to do that. We need it regularly. There's just so much negative information coming all the time. We need to be built up, filled up, and encouraged every day through the word and through prayer and through worship. And I want to encourage you to forward it to other people. We all know people that could use uh, a word of hope. And so that's one way you can do that. Amen. Hey, but we're here to talk about the resurrection, the resurrected Savior, Jesus, that we serve, that is alive and well. And you know, this morning I was thinking about that. I was thinking about the um, empty building. You know, in, in one sense, you know, Easter is the day that churches work really hard to get as many people on campus as we can, and certainly through our online reach. And so this is different than any other Easter. And so I'm standing here in front of an empty building, and, and I'm thinking about all the other pastor friends I know that are standing in front of empty buildings. But then I Instead of getting discouraged, the Holy Spirit just prompted me to think about an empty tomb. Here's an empty building, but over in in Israel is an empty tomb. And it's the empty tomb that that brought power. It's the empty tomb that brings you and I hope that we have a resurrected Savior. And the power and presence of God was never meant for a building. So a building can sit empty, but the power and presence of God can be active and alive. And it's wherever you are. It's there in your home. It's there with your family. And so we may have an empty building today, but let's remember we have an empty tomb because we have a risen Savior full of resurrection life and power for you and I to bring old things or dead things to to life, to revive, to resurrect things, hopes and dreams. And and we're so excited about that today. I want to share with you out of the scripture uh, today, uh, just maybe a little bit different Easter message, not necessarily because the the times that we find ourselves in, 
but I want to, I want to follow the life of an individual for a period of time. Well, we're going to look at Peter. Uh, what a Bible character uh, that we can all probably relate to. We're going to watch his story, his life, a little bit before the crucifixion and resurrection, and then a little bit afterwards. It, it's, it's great to look at this moment of his life on the timeline of humanity, and we see him living life forward, and he comes to a moment of great decision and ends up with a moment of great disappointment. And then there's the crucifixion and resurrection. And on the other side, we pick his life story back up again after the resurrection, and we see the hope and and fresh beginning that comes because of the crucifixion and resurrection. I think it's a powerful story because I think it relates to your life and my life today. In fact, again, we probably, most of us can relate to to Peter and and, and, in his humanity as he walked out his life with Jesus. And so let's take a look this morning and starting in Luke 5, 4 through 8. This is when Jesus first met Peter and called him to follow him. Let's take a look. Let me read those for you, Luke 5, 4 through 8. It says, when he stopped speaking, this is Jesus. He spoke to Simon. He said, launch out into the deep. As he was a fisherman, and that's what he did as a profession. And so he was in a fishing boat and said, launch out to the deep and let your nets down for a catch. But Simon answered him and said, you know, I'm a fisherman and we've been here all night fishing. We've already done that. But master, nevertheless, even though we fished all night and caught nothing at your word, we'll let down the net. The next verse says, and when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish to the point the net was breaking. And so they signaled to their partners to come in the other boat and help them. And they came and filled both boats so much that they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw it, he fell to his knees at Jesus' knees. Uh, He fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. It's an interesting statement there, depart from me. What Peter was describing as he realized who he was talking to, he's standing before the miracle worker. I mean, there's no other way to explain what just happened. As Peter was uh, coming to that moment of finishing his business for the day, they fished and caught nothing. And then all of a sudden, here's Jesus and, and he gives them some instruction, they follow it, and this great miracle happens. And that's not lost on Peter. We can see that obviously, because then he falls to his knees and he just begins to speak out of who he is or who he's been. He's talking about the failures of his life. He goes, I'm a sinful man. I'm ashamed to be in front of you. I've made so many mistakes. You're obviously divine. You obviously have something beyond the natural happening here. And and he didn't feel like he was even worthy. And and I I love that interaction right there because I think that's you and I a lot of times as we're talking about and thinking about our God and, and how many times that we can come around him or be around him, or maybe we haven't really connected with him like we should because maybe we think that we're not worthy. What can we do because of who we are and what we've done in our life? And we're looking at our life in a way that, 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 that points to our faults and mistakes and we're trying to live out of them and, and, and those things are beginning to define us or can define us. And yet here's Jesus coming and, and he encounters Peter and he's not worried about what Peter has done. He's not worried about how he's feeling in his life. He, he sees something greater in Peter than Peter sees in himself. And I love that about Jesus. Jesus sees something greater in us than we see in ourselves. And so the moment Jesus comes on the scene, he says this to him. He says, follow me. Basically, he says that you're going to come with me and be a fisher of men. In fact, let's take a look at Luke 5, 9 through 11, this exchange right here. For he and all who were with him were astonished, not just Peter, but everybody else that was fishing with him and uh, at the catch of fish that they had taken. And also it says in verse 10, where James and John the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to him, hey, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll catch men. Verse 11 says, so when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. And look what it says in Matthew 19. Same story, because we see the story in the gospels told from a different perspective. In Matthew 4, 19, it says, then Jesus said to them, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Follow me. 
It's the first time you see that phrase in the scripture, Jesus says to follow me. So here's a man that even was ashamed and embarrassed of the life he was living, and yet Jesus saw through all that and said, follow me. And know this, that Jesus knew everything that was going on. After all, he is the son of God. And so yet he said something to Peter that just changed his life forever, follow me. And it's the same thing he's saying to you and I, despite our mistakes, even though we may feel unworthy, that Jesus sees through everything and there's nothing hidden from him. And he says, follow me, I still want you to be with me. And so Peter did. So now fast forward three years. Now, Peter had been following Jesus, walking with him, seeing all the amazing things for three years now. And so now we come to the point in time where it's time for Jesus to be taken, where he goes to be crucified, which is what we're celebrating, uh, the crucifixion and resurrection. He's going to be the sacrifice for mankind three years into this relationship of Peter with Jesus. And let's take a look at what it says here in Matthew 26, 31 through 35. Um, then Jesus said to them, he's, he's talking to all the disciples as they're gathered together. He said, all of you will be made to stumble because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. Now, what Jesus is saying there is something's gonna happen tonight and all of you are gonna scatter or you're gonna leave me. And after he, uh, but after he had been raised, after I have been raised, Jesus is saying, after I have been raised, talk about the resurrection, I'll go before you to Galilee. Peter answered to him and said, even if everybody else is made to stumble because of you, I will never be made to stumble. Everybody else may fall away, but not me, he says. And Jesus said to him, assuredly, I say to you that this night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And Peter said to him, even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And all the other disciples agreed with Peter. You know what's interesting to me about this moment? as I look at Peter's life from the moment he said yes to following Jesus to this moment in time before Jesus is gonna be taken away, which the disciples didn't completely understand yet. Peter and his three-year relationship was at a place that he was telling Jesus, he goes, I will never leave you. I will never deny you. I'm not gonna do that. In fact, he got really adamant about a specific thing that, he was, uh, that Jesus said he would do. I would never do that specific thing. And I think about that in, in, in our lives. I think that's how we can all relate with Peter again. We feel so unworthy to stand before a holy God, but yet Jesus sees through all of us and see who he created us to be and, and, and welcomes us to come with him. And then there's those moments that we, we say, say things and we stand up for things that really in our own strength and ability, our humanity, we, we may be able to do, we may not be able to do. And Peter finds himself in a moment that he says, I will never deny you. I will never do what you're, I will never do what you said I'm going to do. And all of us have done and said things that we swore we would never do. I mean, just think about it for a moment. How many things have you said, whether you're walking with Jesus or not, I will never do that. And you've done that. How many things have we said after we're walking with Jesus, I will never do that. And we've done it. Or how many things have we done? And we said, we will never do that again. And we do. I'll never do that again. And we'll, and we do. There are some weak area in our lives where we say, I will never do it again, whether we're walking with Jesus or not. And I think, again, we can all uh, relate to Peter, that there's things that we've said that we've never do that we've done. And there's things that we've said that we'd never do and we've done again and again and again. And whether you're walking with Jesus or not, this is true, I believe, for all of us. And so now let's look at the story. The same night, a little bit later, when, Je when Jesus had said this to the disciples and they said, no, Peter said, no, you're, I'll never do that. They'll have to kill me first. And then Jesus says, you're gonna deny me. Just a short time later, take a look in Matthew 26, 69 through 70, what happens. Here's what it says. It says, now Peter sat outside in the courtyard. They had come and taken Jesus. Peter sat outside in the courtyard and a servant girl came up to him saying, hey, you also were with Jesus of Galilee. I mean, I recognize you. 
In verse 70, Peter said this. Peter said, he denied it before them saying, I don't know what you're saying. So here's Peter, just a few hours after Jesus said that you're gonna do these things and he denied, I will never do that. And all of a sudden he's confronted and Peter says, I will never do that. That's not me. I don't know what you're talking about. So that's the first denial. Now look in, in verse 71. We're gonna read verses 71 through 72. It says, and when he had gone out of the gateway, same moment, he just denied the, the fact that he was walking with Jesus. When he had gone out of the gateway, another girl saw him and said to those who were with him, hey, this fellow, he was with Jesus of Nazareth. And verse 72 says, but again, he denied it. This time, the second denial, he denied it with an oath. I do not know this man. Here's what that means. The first time was just, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know who this is. The second time, Peter's like saying, I promise I don't know him. I swear I don't know him. In fact, the way that this word is used, it almost has a legal connotation to it. He denied him with an oath as if you were on trial as a witness and you put your hand on the Bible and raised one hand and said, I, I promise to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help me God. That's exactly what that means right there. So he went even farther in his denial. And then look at what it says in the next verse uh, there in verse 73. Then a little while later, uh, those who stood by came up to Peter and said, surely you also are one of those, your speech betrays you. We can tell by the way you're talking. You're one of those Jesus followers. Now listen to Peter's response. Then he began to curse and swear saying, I don't know the man. And immediately a rooster crowed. I mean, think about all three denials. First, a little servant girl said, hey, aren't you one of those that were Jesus? Said, I don't know what you're talking about. And then another, another girl came up and said, hey, I, I've seen you. And he, and he gave an oath. He goes, that's not me. I, I don't know. I, I promise you, that's, I'm not that guy. And then the third time they said, no, we can tell by the way you talk. And isn't it interesting by the way they knew that he was with Jesus? He said, we can tell by your speech. So he changed his speech even, right? It says that he began to swear and curse. And so just to maybe even to prove even more so. And then something very sad happens. It says immediately after the third denial, the rooster crows. And you can't almost help but feel sorry for him. Let's take a look right here in verse 75, Matthew 26, 75. Quickly, it says this. And Peter remembered the word of Jesus who had said to him before, the rooster crows, you'll deny me three times. And so he went out and wept bitterly. I mean, in that moment after the third denial, after he said hours before, I will never do this. And I'll not do this specific thing. He did it not long afterwards. And then as the reality, as it dawned on him, he went out and wept bitterly. But you know, it, it gets even worse. I mean, that's kind of pretty bad. We've got to feel for him already. But Luke gives us a greater insight of this moment as if that wasn't sad enough. He denied, he denied with an oath. He denied with cursing and the rooster crows. He remembers the, the words of Jesus. But look at what it says in Luke 22, 60 through 61. It says this, but Peter said, in the denial, Peter says, man, I do not know what you're saying. And immediately while he was still speaking, I mean, he hadn't even finished his denial yet, according to this account, the rooster crowed. Now look at verse 61. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And I, that's, I, when I read that, I'm just like, wow. I mean, Luke's account is not only did he deny him three times and the rooster crowed, but in that moment, because Peter was in the courtyard where they had taken Jesus, Jesus had looked at him as if to make eye contact. The Lord turned and looked at him. And the Bible says that Peter followed him. We saw that already the courthouse of the high priest. And so before the denial, what I want you to understand, before Peter's denial, when Jesus was taken, Matthew 26 tells us that he was beaten. His, hand, his, his face was slapped. His face was punched. That they would strike him, blindfold him and say, if you're a prophet, tell us who struck you. And so I only say that because I think it's important to note that when Jesus turned to look at Peter and they made eye contact, 
Peter was looking into a, bru- a bruised and broken face. I mean, I can't imagine it was one thing just to know that you had done exactly what you said you would not do and that guilt and shame, but then you're looking at in Jesus' eyes and, and you're looking at, at perhaps black eyes, swollen, uh, maybe a, a, a broken bloody nose, maybe, maybe a, a, a fat lip. And, and why I think that's important to me is because the moment that, that, that Peter made eye contact to see the face of Jesus, I think what Peter felt in that moment was he felt his shame. But I want to tell you today what Peter could have seen in that face of Jesus was a sacrifice. Because the face that Jesus looked at with Peter was not one as if to shame him. Like, shame on you for what you've done. Shame on you for, for I, I took a chance on you. I, I, I knew who you were before. Three years ago, I asked you to follow me and you came and you were with me all this time. And now in the greatest moment, my greatest moment, your greatest moment, your greatest challenge, my greatest challenge in that time, then you deny me. It wasn't a face that Jesus looked at Peter and said, shame on you. It was a face that, that Jesus looked at Peter and said, I got you. That, 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 I knew that you were imperfect. I knew that you would make mistakes. That's why I'm going to be the sacrifice. It was a face of sacrifice that Jesus looked with, not a face of shame. And that just struck me in in studying that and reading that out, that the idea of that when when Peter was living his life up to a moment, he was living it in his own strength and ability. And even though he was following Jesus, he had the ability, as we all do, to sin. And, 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 and then he came to a place where he was a, there was a real challenge and he made a different decision, which Jesus knew he would make. And he knows that we can't live perfect lives. That's why he said, I'm going to be a sacrifice. As if to look at Peter with a bruised and broken and bloody face to say, I'm doing this for you so you don't have to carry the shame that you're feeling right now. I'm not looking at you with a face that says shame on you. I'm looking at you with a face that says, I got you. I'm, I'm your sacrifice. And that's amazing to me because I think that we all find ourselves at that place. We do things we don't want to do. We do things that we say we'd never do. And we do things that we do over and over. I'll never do that again. And we do it again. I'll never do it again. We do it again. And yet every time we can look upon Jesus because of the crucifixion and we see not shame on you. Look what you've done to me. Look what I've done for you. I'm becoming the sacrifice because I know in your weakness and I know in your humanity, you cannot live a sinless, perfect life. So I'm going to take that sin upon me. So you don't have to walk around with guilt and shame. That's amazing to me, the story of the cross. Peter's overwhelmed with a sense of guilt and shame, but Jesus didn't give him a look of shame. He gave him a look of sacrifice. And I want to say to you today that wherever you're at in life, maybe you've been walking with them and you've gotten a little distant and now you're finding yourself doing things you never thought you would do again and again. You swore you would never do. Maybe you, you don't even have a relationship, so to speak, with Jesus or God through Jesus and, and God's distant to you because you, you've lived a different life. And I want to say to you as well, he knows. He knows all that. So he's not looking through a judgmental face. He's not looking through a face saying shame on you. He's looking through a face of sacrifice like I've got this for you so you don't have to live that way. It wasn't a, a face of shame. It was a face that says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save you, not shame you. And in this story, Peter had been following Jesus already for three years. And in this moment, look at what it says in Matthew 26. Let's jump back to verse 58. This is an important point I want to make right here. Matthew 26, 58 says this, but Peter followed him. Now look at this. But Peter followed him at a distance to the high priest's courtyard. He followed him at a distance. You know, that word distance just really stands out to me because I want us to look and see our life today. And just like Peter, he had distance between him and Jesus. And you might think, yeah, physically there was right there in that moment. But I would say to you, is there distance between you and Jesus? 
Is there distance between your relationship? Maybe you've been walking with him for a time and a season, and now maybe things have happened. Maybe the things that are going on today have created you to come to a place, and, and your greatest challenge, your greatest fears have come upon you, and now you've allowed there to be distance between you and Jesus. Maybe you have never walked with him, but you know, have known about God, and, and people have talked about God and tried to introduce him to you or to invite you to a place, and you've kept your distance. It's interesting to me that in Peter's greatest moment, probably we would say, well, yeah, Peter was afraid for his life because maybe fear kept Peter distance. Maybe fear is what would keep you distant today. The fear of the unknown, the uncertainty of the life that's happening, things that are happening, the fear of a health issue, of a financial issue, uh, the uncertainty of tomorrow. Um, it might be, maybe, maybe you, you're distant because it's mounts maybe questioning, maybe causing you to question if there is a God. Because here's what I believe. The reason, part of the reason why Peter came to denial is because he had distance. And I believe this distance leads to denial. If you allow distance to become in your relationship with Jesus, you're more apt to deny him. The greater the distance, the greater the denial, perhaps. To a point that you might even have created such a distance or allowed such a distance to come between you and Jesus that maybe you're even denying his existence or maybe he's really not who he says he is. Maybe he's really not the healer. Maybe he's really not the provider. Maybe he's really not the one that can forgive me of my sin. Maybe he really can't. And it's because, not because of what he's done, because he has a look of sacrifice. But you've created distance and you've allowed denial to come into your life. And maybe you even think that I don't need him who needs him any, anymore anyways. And that's whether you're walking with him or not. But can I tell you today, the cross closes the distance. The cross takes the shame, takes the guilt, takes the sin Jesus took it upon himself so you didn't have to feel that. So the cross comes in Peter's life in this moment. Jesus goes there and he closes the distance relationally because uh, once the cross comes and forgiveness comes, there's a restoration there and then the resurrection is coming and we'll get there in a minute. But, but the cross is what bridges the gap, what closes the distance between you and I and Jesus enables us to walk in a place that he takes that guilt and shame that we don't look at a, at, at a face and feel shame anymore. We look at a, at a face and feel saved. We look at a face and see the sacrifice he made. So question might be, has fear kept you at a distance? Has uncertainty kept you at a distance? Has pride kept you at a distance? Have you maybe even questioned, really, is there a Messiah? Is there a savior? If there's a God, well, if all this is happening, is there really a God? And now a distance has become between you and God and you find yourself in a place of denial. And when you're find yourself in those moments, those greatest challenges of our life, that is not the time to be distant from God. That is the time that we should draw closer to him. And there's really two ways to look at it. Maybe you've already been walking with him for a time. Maybe at some point in time, you gave your heart and life to him. And now because of things that have happened in your life and you've, that relationship has grown distant, there's good news today. Maybe you haven't even entered into a relationship with God or, or, or a relationship with Jesus as we'll describe here at the end of our service. And maybe, maybe because of things happening around and you're listening to different people and negativity or all the, all the negative things that are happening around the world or people saying there's not really a God. Where is he then? Why would a good God? And maybe you've allowed that to create distance. So I don't want anything to do with that then. And, and I would say to you that these are the times that we need to get as close to him as we can. So whether we've walked with him or never walked with him, distance will lead to denial. I, you know, it was interesting to me that every time that rooster crowed, now think about it, the three times, the, the rooster crowed there at the end of his denial. And every time that that rooster would crow or rooster, our rooster, rooster would crow in the upcoming days, Peter would think about that moment. In fact, he would see the bruised and broken face of Jesus and, and I just want to say to you, it, 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 in the Middle East, or really in Mexico, India, all the places I've been around the world, even here in the good old US of A, there's roosters crowing all the time. 
Think about that for a minute. I mean, I've been places in Mexico and India and even over in Israel and, and we hear roosters crowing, I mean, all the time. So I don't know who ever said that roosters just crow to announce the rising sun because they crow at all hours of the day and night. And I thought about it one time. I thought, you know, the, the saying or a song that it's five o'clock somewhere. I think roosters just crow and think, well, it's sunrise somewhere. But think about it. Every time that the rooster would crow, that Peter would remember his failings and his mistakes. Every time it would take him back to that place and it would bring guilt and shame to him. He would see perhaps the face of Jesus in it. And it seems like your, your life and my life, it seems like our lives are full of reminders of our shortcomings, of our mistakes, and of our failures. I mean, it may not be a rooster crowing for sure, but it might be something like a place that you pass, a place that you work, a person that you see that reminds you of the mistakes you made or the things that you've done you said you would never do or you do over and over and over again. It it might be uh, uh, just a a date on a calendar. It, It could be anything, but there's things constantly. And the enemy will make sure, the devil will make sure that you have reminders constantly that will bring guilt and shame to your life of your failures and your mistakes. But remember, this was right before the crucifixion and the resurrection. And Jesus would be crucified the the next day and then he would be buried and and come back up out of that grave. Let's take a look at what happens after the crucifixion and resurrection. Turn to John 21, three for me. John 21, three, New King James Version. Simon Peter now, after this is actually after the resurrection, but Simon Peter said to them, hey, I'm gonna go fishing. And they said to him, we're going to go with you. They went out immediately and got in the boat and they caught nothing all night. Now understand something here. When Peter says, I'm going to go fishing at this point in time because of disappointment, Peter decides, you know what? I'm going to go back to doing what I was doing before. I'm just going to go back to being a fisherman again. I mean, I I just, I can't seem to get this right. I can't seem to make it work. So what's the point? I'm just going to go back to do the things I have done before. I've blown it. I've messed up. I failed and I'm just gonna go back to keeping my distance. And sometimes you and I will do that. To cope with it, not realizing that Jesus wasn't looking at him with a face of shame, but with sacrifice and understanding the sacrifice that Jesus did. When he went to the cross and paid for your sin and my sin so we didn't have to live in guilt and shame, so we didn't have to go backwards so that we could go forward in life. And the resurrection that Jesus came and took place in as he was buried in that tomb and came up out of the grave was the power of God is released now to remove the obstacles. You don't have to go back the way you were before. You can go forward because of the resurrection power. Because when Jesus came up out of that grave, that, that power was released to anyone that would call upon him to remove all the obstacles between you and he and give you the ability for a fresh start, a new beginning. So you don't have to put distance between you and Jesus. You don't have to live that way. In fact, look what it begins to say in verses four through six. John 21, four and six says this. But when the morning had come, they'd fished all night. They caught nothing. But when the morning had come, Jesus stood on the shore. This is after the resurrection. He now, he has his resurrected body. He's come to the beach off where they were, they were fishing offshore. He's prepared a fire, which he has some fish cooking. He has some bread. And so Jesus stood on the shore and the disciples didn't know it was him. Verse five says, then Jesus said to them, he yells out across the water, hey, do you have any food? And they answered, no. And he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat or the other side of the boat and you'll find some. So they cast the net and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. Does that sound familiar to you? I mean, this is the exact same miracle, or this sounds like rather, the exact same miracle that Peter experienced 
when Jesus first called him. And his, and his humanity and his shortcomings and his failings that Jesus knew and saw them all. And he came and said, despite how you are and your mistakes and sin, I want you to follow me. And so Peter does for three years. And then at the most crucial time where Peter's greatest moment of fear or worry concern, he's reminded of, of that, that moment that he, he, he can't get it right in his failures. And he denies Jesus three times and the rooster crows. And, and it makes Peter think of his guilt and he sees the face of Jesus and, he sees it in the face of shame, but yet it's his face of sacrifice. And then the resurrection comes and now all of a sudden, here's Jesus. He comes to Peter again, the same miracle. It's not the same miracle. He does the same thing a second time. And that's amazing to me. So Jesus shows up after the resurrection, comes immediately, he comes to find Peter. And not only does he come to find him, he prepares, he prepares provision for him. He says, hey, listen, you guys got anything? I got you, I got this. And so the other disciples in the boat, John said, you know what? There's something very familiar about this. I think maybe John said there's something fishy about this. No, I'm just kidding. I need, I need that laugh track right there. <laughs> and there's something. So he says, this, is, this seems so familiar to me. And he says, I think that's Jesus. And Peter immediately, he turns to look at Peter, jumps out of the boat, swims to shore and comes up to Jesus and sits at the fire. And I love the picture that Jesus after the resurrection, Peter, the one who, who looked and, and, and felt like he was, he was looking at shame it was sacrifice and, and the resurrection power came and Jesus comes and, and it comes to find Peter with provision to come with love. I got something for you. I'm gonna take care of you. He came with a meal of rest and, restoration and reconciliation. He came to find him. It wasn't one of, why did you do that to me? You abandoned me. It was one of love and embrace because of the resurrection. See, the cross closes the gap between our sinful nature and our mistakes and a holy God and the resurrection power reaches out to you when I, it comes after us, it seeks us. What does it do? It comes to give us a fresh start, a new beginning. He took Peter back to that moment when he first called him, even through all his mistakes in that one critical moment where he denied him and he came to him still and said, I still love you. We can start fresh again. And the resurrection says we have a fresh start. We have a new beginning. The cross says we close, Jesus pays for the sin and closes the gap. The resurrection says, I'm coming to give you a fresh start. I love that. I, I can't imagine what that must have done with Peter. And the story goes on to say, Jesus says, Peter, do you love me? He says, you know I do. And he says, well, feed my sheep, my lambs. He says, Peter, do you love me? You know I do. Well, then feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Lord, you know I do. You know everything. You know I love you. He says, well, then take care of my flock. And Jesus wasn't trying to get Peter to convince him that he loved him. Jesus was trying to get Peter to see that it was okay. It was okay. He knew he did. He trusted him. He needed, he needed Peter to hear himself say it. It wasn't convincing Jesus. Jesus already knew. But maybe Peter needed to convince, be convinced of himself. And I want to say today, maybe you need to look at the cross and look at the resurrection and be convinced that God loves you. I mean, it doesn't matter what you've done. We can look at the cross and see that our sin has been taken care of. So we didn't have to carry the guilt and shame. Jesus took it with, with a face of sacrifice and he closed the gap between you and I. And the resurrection power says, then he came to find him. He's coming to find you. He's coming to wherever you are. So you don't have to go back to the way it was. That with resurrection power, you can have a fresh start. You can start over and live forward. I think that the challenge for you and I really today is to understand that every time we mess up, because nobody's perfect, Every time we make a mistake, he said three times. Peter denied him three times. He gave him three times. Every time, God is there with grace, with forgiveness. 
I mean, if Peter would have denied him 50 times, Jesus would have asked him 50 times. There is nothing you can't do that he won't love you. Nothing you can't do that he will give up on you. Because of the resurrection, it says, all the power in heaven brought him up out of that grave for you and I so we can have a new life, a fresh start, and live it now with no distance between, no distance between Jesus and I, but walk in his resurrection power. You know what I, I was thinking, and, and, I, and I love this because it finishes, we won't go there and we won't read it, but in John 21, verse 19, this story now, this new story, that's a story like the old story, the story now finishes, concludes with this statement Jesus makes. He looks at Peter once again and he says, well, follow me, follow me. Again, he just recreated, and I believe that's what the resurrection says to you and I. We have new life, new beginning, new opportunity where he says, follow me. I know everything about you. Even if you've made mistakes, maybe you've been distant, but, I, but, but I'm taking the sacrifice to close the distance between us and then coming up out of that grave and resurrection power so we can go forward, a fresh start, new beginning. Follow me again, this time with my power, my resurrection power in you. So Peter, I think was so excited and I, I'm just, I'm going to say this. I think this is funny, but I, I, Peter was so excited. I can't imagine what changed in him. And I would say Peter enjoyed that fish breakfast and the bread and all the other disciples gathering around talking. And I, and I just can imagine Peter in his mind now after Jesus says, well, then follow me. Walking home and he's maybe walking home with the disciples and he's saying, hey, you know what? He said, you know what, guys? We had a great fish breakfast. We had great bread. It was a nice little on the beach, the fire there. And I can imagine Peter looking at the disciples and say, hey, you know what, guys? Tonight, dinner at my house. We're having fried chicken. And I can see Peter. Hey, there's the laugh track. Hit it right there. I can see Peter saying, you know what? I got a stop to make on the way home and I'm going to take care of that rooster because the resurrection power, the resurrection power had came and reached out to him and gave him a fresh start and gave him and you and I the ability. See here, because here's the problem. What happens in our heart and our life? If we don't tap into the resurrection power, then we'll hear the rooster at moments in our life that will bring guilt and shame to us. And so let me just say it this way. This morning, when you were thinking about getting up, I need to get up and get online. I, I need to get up and get everything set up. And, and, it, and you're at home and in bed and you're maybe not wanting to, but it's Easter Sunday and you're wrestling with it. The moment that you decide that you need to get up and go get everything set up so your family could have church at home, what are you gonna hear? Here's what you're gonna hear. Go ahead, guys. You're gonna hear the rooster crow. <laughs> And then as you go through that time and, and you're there and your family's all gathered together and now you're sitting in that moment and, and all of a sudden they say, Pastor Dave says, hey, let's all stand to our feet and worship the Lord. And, and you're gonna be sitting at your couch and you're gonna be looking at your family and all of a sudden you're gonna wanna get up and stand up, but here's what you're gonna hear. You're gonna hear the rooster. And the rooster's gonna crow. And what is he doing? He's trying to make you feel guilty. Why are you standing? You have no business. Why do you even turn this on? And then the message is gonna be preached and you're gonna hear a word already that's been spoken and it's gonna grab your heart and you're gonna wanna change. And that moment you feel like you're gonna wanna change, what are you gonna hear? You're gonna hear this. And you're gonna hear the rooster crow. And you know what the enemy's trying to do to you? He's trying to bring that guilt and shame back up in your life. How many times have we made decisions that we want to follow God? How many times have we swore we're not going to do this again? And then we hear the rooster crow in our life. And if we don't know the sacrifice that Jesus made, the resurrection power of God will allow the rooster to determine our life instead of the resurrection. I, I, want, to, I want to say to you, what are you listening to today? Are you listening to the rooster? Or are you listening to the resurrection? And I was thinking about that earlier. And this might sound kind of silly, but it's okay, it's Easter and, and I, can, I can be that way. I, are you listening to the rooster crowing 
Are you listening to the tombstone, tombstone rolling? Did the, did the rooster crow in your life or did the stone roll in your life? I mean, you have the choice. Are you going to listen to the crowing rooster? Are you going to listen to the resurrection? What are you choosing to listen to? Because now we have a resurrected savior and what our sin was in the past is the past and Jesus took care of that on the cross. And so guilt and shame has been carried by the sacrifice of Jesus. And now because the stone has been rolled away and Jesus came out of the grave, we don't have to listen to the rooster. We listen to the resurrection that says no more guilt and shame. We have a new start, a new beginning and we are going forward in God. That's the resurrection. My question Are you going to listen to the rooster or are you going to listen to the resurrection? I don't know about you, but I'm here to listen to the resurrection. I know I'm not perfect. I'm going to make mistakes. But in those moments that that rooster crows that try to bring me back to that place of guilt and shame, I'm going to choose to listen to the resurrection that gives me a fresh start, a new life again. And that's my hope and prayer for all of you. That we would take that away today. Our families, every one of us know that because of, of the resurrection, because of the cross, Jesus paid the sacrifice to close the distance between you and I. Uh, rather between we and he, between you and I and Jesus because of the sacrifice. And then because of the resurrection, we can go forth with a new start and the resurrection power. In fact, it says the same power that raised Christ from the dead and dwell in you. And now we can live a life empowered by Jesus to keep there from becoming distance in our relationship with him. I wanna encourage you this morning and I wanna close with a prayer. And I want to say this looking into your living room, into your family, into your homes, looking into your eyes on whatever it looks like this morning, that the power and presence of God is there with you. The resurrection power is there. Are you going to listen to the rooster right now? Just don't. Because Jesus paid the price so the rooster would have no power over you. Guilt and shame has no power over you because of the work on the cross. But because of the resurrection, you have started a new life, a new beginning and fresh start today. Where all things are passed away, all things become new. Resurrected power can come and live in you so you can live a life where you don't have to let distance separate you from God. Not that you'll live perfect, but that you can tap into that resurrection power again and find, instead of looking, as Peter thought he was looking into a face of shame, we're looking into a face of sacrifice. Or now when Peter met Jesus on that beach, he looked into a face of restoration, of unconditional love. And that's what Jesus extends today. Whether you've been walking with them and you've grown distant, gotten away maybe, or whether you've never had a relationship with them, today is your day, Resurrection Sunday. So I'm gonna pray a prayer. I'm gonna pray a prayer and I'm just gonna ask you to either repeat this prayer after me or just grab a hold of it in your heart. But before I do, I wanna say to you as gathering as families, if, if you're there, maybe you're as spouses, maybe you've got friends, you've got cousins, you've got kids, whatever the family dynamic looks like, then today is a perfect day for your whole family to come to Jesus. And I would say this to parents boldly, to mom, to dad, or whoever, whatever the family dynamic looks like, grandma, grandpa, aunt, uncle, whoever there, someone take the lead. Ask everybody else in the room, do you have a relationship with Jesus? Have you ever asked Jesus in to be your Lord and Savior? And let me say this to the dads especially. Dads, if you will, if you will pray that prayer and lead your family, your whole family could be changed. The trajectory of your family's life could be changed forever and you could be headed to heaven. I want to say this to mom's mom. Maybe you should be the one, whoever, to come and speak to the kids and to everybody else in there. Maybe husband and wife look at each other. You know, we didn't make that decision today. Today, everything starts new. Today is a do-over, a fresh start because of the resurrection. Whatever that looks like to you for today, today is your day. As I said, I'm going to pray a prayer. And whether you have received Jesus at some point in time in your past and you need to rededicate, recommit, or maybe you have never prayed this prayer, 
Maybe you've even been in church or around church your whole life, but you've never personally extended an invitation and today is your day. I'm gonna pray this prayer and you can either pray it softly under your breath, just hold on to it in your heart and agree with it or you can speak it out. I would encourage you to speak it out. The whole family, speak it out and allow God to come and change your life forever and bring his resurrection power and his unconditional love in your life. Let me pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I believe Jesus is your son sent to the earth to die on a cross to pay for my sin and go to a grave and rise again in resurrection power. Jesus, thank you for coming. Thank you for dying. Thank you for paying for my sin and thank you for rising again so I can be free. So Jesus, I ask you now, come into my heart, come into my life, Forgive me of my sin. Be my Savior and Lord, now and forever. I receive you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen, everybody. Uh, Heaven is rejoicing. I hope that you are in your living rooms. I hope that you are in your bedrooms, wherever you're watching this, because you just said yes to resurrection power in your life. Uh, Jesus paid the price to close the distance between you and I, to take away the sin, the guilt and shame. And then Jesus came up out of that grave so that we could have a fresh start, a new beginning. So don't listen to the rooster when he comes to crow at you again. Listen to the resurrection, because that's your life from this point forward. We would encourage you if you prayed that prayer for the first time or to come home again, let us know. You can get online. You can email us. You can, there's an online card there that you can fill out. Let us know. We just want to let you know. What's the next step? We want to celebrate with you. Send all those pictures in of your family, your family gathered together, praying, whatever that looks like. Let us know. Let's celebrate together of the things that God did in your heart and your life today. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.